1: Frank Kaisola, Harry Lyles Jr, Sarah Spain, Bill Plashkin. I have a theory. If you see someone eating wings, you're not gonna look away. It's kind of mesmerizing to watch somebody happily eat wings. That's my theory. And Mets Atlanta playoff atmosphere, let's go.
2: I love wings. The drum kick, just the drum kick, though.
1: Mets taking game one of this five game series with Atlanta. Playoff style, playoff atmosphere in New York. Nine of ten now for the first place Mets. It puts them up four and a half games, which means no matter how the next four games go with Atlanta, they'll leave the series in first place. Both of these teams certainly look locked in for the playoffs, but what you saw from the Mets last night, what you saw from the defending champs, we got New York and Atlanta in the show. Let's start there. New York, you won. Frank Isola, round the horn to you. Was there one thing that you took away last night?
2: Uh, Big night in flushing. What I loved about it was in the eighth inning, the heart of the lineup is coming up, or as baseball nerds like Bill like to say, high leverage situations. And what does Buck Showalter do? (laughs) He brings in his closer who hadn't pitched in five days to get six outs. Why? Because instead of being uh, two and a half up, you go to four and a half up. I thought that was a great job by Buck Showalter. Kind of sending a message to everyone in that clubhouse how important this series is with four games left.
1: So that was the New York perspective. If I can go to the Atlanta perspective now to Harry Lyles Jr. And how last night played out.
0: And now, could this be a make or break series in some way in the division race for Atlanta? It kind of feels like it. I mean, the Mets at uh, Braves fans talk about the Mets have had a lot of luck go this way their season, which is true to a degree. But you also don't go 67 and 38 by being lucky. Uh, so I will give the Mets the credit for that because they are really a great baseball team and somebody that the Braves should fear. And that's also why I think in this particular series, the Braves cannot, you know, go worse than par in this series just because you are still digging yourself Mm. out of this hole. I think for the bright side on the Braves, Ronald Acuna's home run last night was great, his first since July 8th. They still are the best team, or at least record-wise, in baseball since June 1st at 14-16. Ozzie Albies is ramping up. Frank, I know you love that phrase. He's ramping up his (laughs) baseball activities. Coming up here, he's going to be coming back. And the last seven games against the Mets are going to be in Atlanta. So as long as you don't mess this five-game series up, you're going to have time to still make this up.
1: But did you say they have to go par here? You mean in the remaining four, two and two? Because it's a five-game series. Ain't no par in five. At least, Cyrus Sarah Spain, yes. how about you?
3: Yeah, going off what they both said, I mean, to Frank's point, they're managing it like a playoff game mm-hmm. because the – Ramifications of who wins this division could be massive. Likelihood of getting the bye if you win is high. And if you are the number two in this division, you might be the number one wild card and potentially facing the Padres. So you are setting yourself up right now in this series for what could be ultimately an embarrassing opening round exit in that wild card matchup with a. Padres team that just got way better at the trade deadline or giving yourself a buy. And I think that's why you saw them treating this like a playoff series. Bill
4: This is huge for the Mets. The Mets can essentially, in my mind, put away the Braves. I can't believe some, somebody on this show said the, the uh, Mets were lucky and, and got lucky. Let's listen to the Braves yeah, talk yeah, about luck. Whoa, 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 whoa.
1: Okay, all right, yeah. We'll let Harry get uh, back any, in there. Anyway, that's the Mets LA, Atlanta. this that's weekend. Pathetic.
4: This weekend, they're going to have DeGrom and are coming up this weekend. They already have a 2.09 ERA starting pitcher since July 5th. Their, their starting staff is lights out, and the Braves don't seem to be able to handle it. And this is when I think the Mets make the move to get on top for good and stay on
0: top. Miles, back in. Yeah, no, again, I, I feel like the attitude of a lot of Braves fans is that there has been luck with the Mets, and I think part of that is the history that the Mets haven't, had a great team the last few years, but this is one of the best teams in baseball. And if you are in Atlanta, Cobb County, the metro Atlanta area, and you are denying that, you need to wake up because that is okay. also Okay, I hear what I you're saying. I th- you're saying
1: Atlanta fans, but you're separating yourself, yes. even though it says Atlanta behind you. Yes. Because, yes. I mean, Atlanta, with the long history of being able to get it done last year, before that, <laughs> not, not so Frank much. Frank Isola at the Horde.
2: Well, you're 100 percent right, Tony. The Braves have a history the last 25 years of losing in the right. playoffs. The history with the Mets is falling apart in September. And I think that's why last night, yes. Buck Showalter, who's done a really good job running this team, it was about winning last night's game. He really treated it like a playoff game. I mean, the, the first game, and you have your closer now pitching to get the final six out. I don't think will Diaz pitch? He's not pitching tonight. Will he pitch on Saturday? I have no idea. Mm-hmm. Mets took
1: some criticism for not making more moves or, or maybe different moves, bigger splashes at the trade deadline last night. The guys they brought, boom, home runs all over the place. Yeah, we'll move. I on.
4: love Vogelbach. How can you not love Daniel Vogelbach? I want my
1: Vogelbach, Vogelbach Vogelbach, <laughs> Vogelbach, 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 Vogelbach ribs. We'll move on. Football now. Preseason started last night. We'll get to the arms and legs and wings of that game in a second. But from Browns camp, word is the team's going to play Deshaun Watson in the preseason. Mm-hmm. They get started next Friday. His suspension is for six regular season games. Preseason isn't included in that. The league's appeal won't affect that, so he's eligible and playing. Sarah, how does that come off to you?
3: As the decision that the Browns are allowed to make, the NFL has to punish, and they have decided to appeal to get a punishment that they think is more appropriate for what the judge found him guilty of, what she said that they proved uh, that he did. And that will be assigned. But in the meantime, the Browns are allowed to use him in the preseason, get him back on the field, something he hasn't done in a very long time, and prepare him for whenever he is allowed to play in a game. We don't know what that is yet. But in the meantime, there is a precedent, there is a system, there is a process. And to argue that they wouldn't be allowed to use him when he is technically, by virtue of the NFL's decision-making, allowed to be out there, I think would be unfair and we would consider that for anything that they rule on in the NFL. There has to be a process in place that you follow. Bill
1: Plaschke?
4: Nah, it feels like taunting to me. It doesn't feel like it's been proven in this league. Quarterbacks can start opening day and not take a snap in preseason. Matthew Stafford did it with the Rams last year, coming into to a new team. They, can, they could wait. I, the, the fact that he's playing a preseason game when you know he's not gonna play for at least several months, if not the entire year, it just feels a little too much. It feels like again like they're putting it in the face of all the critics. Frank
2: yeah, but I, I think there's a possibility here where this could end up in the court. If he does get suspended for a full year, he can appeal and he could be starting opening week. And I think, Bill, I think what you're saying about Matthew Stafford, that's fair. But to Sarah's point, the guy did not play in 17 games last year. At some point, you want to get him out there playing in live competition. We know the way the preseason works. You play a couple of series and you're out of the game. I think the Browns are doing a smart thing here.
0: How do you see it, Harry? Yeah, I agree with Sarah, especially, and I think the reason that this feels worse is because of Judge Robinson and what came out with that decision and that she essentially said that the NFL had the burden of proof or met the burden of proof that some sexual assault had happened. And I think all of us have expected that at some point Deshaun Watson is going to get a second chance. I think the issue is that there has not been any remorse that has been shown, and I think that's why this feels worse than other situations that would otherwise be like this. A Sarah Spain last word after the horn.
3: Yeah, just to what Frank said quickly, that is possible but highly unlikely because the court would have to believe he has a likelihood of getting a lesser suspension than what he already got. And since the judge ruled him to be found guilty and said the precedent was what held her back in punishing longer, they're more likely to say, no, you have to stay out because it's going to be a longer suspension, not a shorter one.
1: One more story here out of Cardinals camp where, hey, everything's fine. Cliff Kingsbury had Kyler Murray call plays. And here's the reason why.
3: Yeah, I just want to know that, that, hey, this ain't easy, you know. (laughs) Like every now and then, he starts shaking his head when I'm calling in there. I'm like, all right, well, go ahead, big dog. I would not want to play for Kyler Murray if I was the
1: quarterback.
5: He was the coach.
1: Bill, the coach saying he needed to prove to his quarterback it's not easy to coach. How does that come off to you?
4: Is it just me or does it seem like there's some beef between these two guys? <laughs> it's, it's, it's,
1: it's,
4: it's, something's wrong. Something's weird. The fact that the Cardinals took, remember, they took that study clause out of the contract because they said it would be a distraction. Yet here they are creating an entirely new distraction by a head coach who seems to be, again, I use, use the word taunting, seems to almost be almost taunting his quarterback. Something's up there. Those guys those guys don't get along. and that And that's, of course, good for the Rams.
1: Frank Isola. Okay, uh, i is the, <laughs> oh, the Rams. <laughs> here. Go ahead, Frank.
2: I know the relationship between the team and the quarterback must be pretty good. They gave him a big fat contract. Mm-hmm. To me, that's a little tweaking going on right there to a young quarterback who, let's remember, was very critical about a lot of things that happened after that playoff loss to the Rams. And there's a lot of blame to go around. It also starts with the quarterback who had a horrific game, including that late interception, which basically ended the game before halftime.
0: Irv Jr. against the Rams. Yeah, Tony, I know a lot of people are trying to sell this as a playful jab, but I see a lot of passive-aggressive herbs and spices if that is a playful jab. (laughs) Uh, But the thing that stood out to me the most about this Mm -hmm. is the fact that Cliff Kingsbury said that when Kyler Murray was calling in the plays, he didn't stop talking once play had started. As somebody who plays a lot of Call of Duty, Kyler Murray should know one of the golden (laughs) rules is that if you are not in the field of play, You have got to keep quiet. I know he's too good to, he knows better than that. Do better, Kyler. Come on, All right, man. so you got Call of Duty jokes
1: and Sarah Spain. How about you?
3: I don't know if I got jokes for this. I am very worried. Now, I reached out to our own Josh Weinfuss, who covers the Cardinals, to Uh, see if they offered uh. up this information or if he was asked, because that's a big difference, right? Are you telling us that this happened and you want to get it out there, or did someone ask? Well, Josh noticed this and asked about Kyler calling plays, and the vibe from Kingsbury is very salty. He did say at that last bit where there was the splice, he said Kyler was calling plays right up to the last second. That's why he wouldn't want to play for him as a coach, but the attitude and the vibe is very clearly sending a message and we can't forget the beginning of those contract negotiations there was a report from Mort that said that there's somebody was a source telling him that Kyler was narcissistic and conceited and all these things we're getting a lot of that language or at least insinuation from the contract and the studying from this relationship and I don't think it's a coincidence he called him big dog either that seems very intentional mm.
1: Flash.
4: Back in. yeah that's the thing about this clause being revealed in the public we're going to be hearing about this all year this is going to, we're gonna be examining this everything they do is gonna be seen through the prison of this study
1: clause Frank I the last and that's board. too bad
2: you know, Bill Parcells famously put an empty gas tank in Lawrence Taylor's locker. This is Lawrence Taylor. The, the, he was implying how much he got left in the tank. Because there are some coaches that like to bust chops. I think that's, in this so case, the young player. So you think Cliff Kingsbury is Bill Parcells? Parcells is is the that top. what you're saying,
1: Frank Isola?
2: No, I think he's taking on that personality. <laughs> it's possible the both tonight. the coach
1: and quarterback have room to grow and room to be better, right? I don't want to do your job. I want you, jo- you to do your job better.
2: <laughs> That's right. I do
1: your you job. You know what I love about you, Harry Lyles, with the herbs and spices on calamari. <laughs> ah,
3: <there it laughs>
1: closed captioning always is. says I say calamari when I'm talking about Kyler Murray. Come on now. Well, uh, All-time number one-seat advertiser, though. We'll be What's back with the entree next.
5: It's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. What's up, kiddos? I'm
6: Clinton Yates of Around the Horn. Whenever I go to cover games or attend events in Los Angeles, I'm always keeping my eye out for the best-dressed person in the room. I saw Diego Luna at the Andor Red Carpet launch event, Star Wars, folks, and he looked head of state fresh. Now you can also be that person, too, whether you're sitting courtside, attending a fancy dinner or going to a wedding. With a fully custom suit from Indochino, you'll walk into wedding season looking like a million bucks for way, way less. They start at just $4.99. With Indochino, you can design the suit of your dreams and fine tune every detail, including lapels, linings, monograms, pocket flaps, etc., a tailored fit from home. Set up your measurement profile on Indochino's website and choose customizations without even leaving the house. Look your best this wedding season at the table or on the dance floor when you wear Indochino. Go to Indochino.com today and use code HORN to get 10% off any purchase of $3.99 or more. That's I-N-D-O-C-H-I-N-O.com, promo code HORN.
3: Welcome back to Around the Horn, coming to you from the Heineken River Deck at Pier 17.
1: Our friend Courtney Croydon argued yesterday that uh, Hall of Fame game is where backup quarterbacks are made. So break down Stidham and Mullins and Luton and everybody. Uh, Raiders 27, Jaguars 11. What to read into Exhibition Game 1. Number one pick, Trayvon Walker. Got a roughing the passer penalty on his first play of the game, but he got (laughs) a sack later. And Josh Jacobs, a starter who did play. Vegas gave him a load, five carries. Bill Plaschke, you buying anything from last night?
4: Trayvon Walker. I mean, I I saw all I needed to see on the first two possessions. He got around his man. He rushed off the edge. He did exactly what he was supposed to do. The number one draft pick in the first game of the, of the exhibition season. He was fun to watch. That's all I needed to see. I knew it. Trayvon Walker, he was the game.
1: Sarah Spain.
3: You mentioned Josh Jacobs. A lot of people wondering if McDaniels is going to use Belichick's system of having a whole glut of backs mm-hmm. that work. You look at fourth-round rookie Zemir White getting a bunch of carries looking good. What does that mean for Jacobs? Says he's going to have to battle for a spot in there. And why was he playing now in this very first game? Maybe uh, they're trying to figure out exactly where he sits there.
0: Harry mm-hmm. yeah. Liles, Jr.? I'm also buying Trayvon Walker. I know that they're playing against a bunch of guys that are going to be backups or perhaps not even on the roster, but if you are the number one overall pick, you are supposed to look like the most dominant player out there on the football field, and he did that, and I think that roughing the passer penalty sure might have dampened it a little bit, but he was still able to get to the quarterback, and the fact that they're going to only be playing him on the edge when he has played multiple positions at Georgia is only going to make him better. Frank Isola.
2: Yeah, it's pretty obvious Trayvon Walker has an engine, and he loves getting after the quarterback. That first play of the game said everything. It also tells you how many times we're going to see that penalty during the season. I also learned that Josh McDaniels apparently went to Canton McKinley High School because I'm pretty sure it was mentioned maybe about 20 times okay, during the game. Right. It was a nice story with on? When
1: are you going to get on nice story. working a story, working a theme <laughs> in the story? It was a nice story. Yeah, we'll move on. Parents, yeah. A little bit abnormal for a quarterback, not what you want to hear your coach saying about your quarterback in any way in August. We go to Los Angeles, Bill. Matthew Stafford got an anti-inflammatory ejection in his throwing elbow in March, but Tony, he doesn't throw with his elbow. But that was a non-surgical option he and the team opted for, but it's still something the team's talking about, and they're not even confirming it's elbow tendonitis, only that it's more of a baseball player's discomforting feeling, Sarah. What you buying, what you selling?
3: This is reminding me of two cases. Remember when Dak had an injury and they were consulting the Rangers medical staff on it? Same thing. They said it was a football, you know, had to talk to a baseball person about it. That's always weird to me. Anytime that a coach says the injury's confusing or you haven't seen it before, it's unusual. The other one is Andrew Luck, and I don't want to go down that path because the ultimate result of that, it's a calf, no, it's an ankle, no, it's a retirement, was that that injury got more and more confusing and, and eventually led to him leaving the game. So I don't like any of the language that I'm hearing. Let's just leave it at that.
0: Yeah, I'm with Sarah on this. I'm buying that the Rams are happier today than they were yesterday and the day before that Aaron Donald did not go into retirement because if Matthew Stafford does not make it to the end of the season, you are going to have to rely on that defense because they do not have one of the better backup quarter situations in the NFL and the fact that we are talking about an abnormal injury here, not just the -the run-of-the-mill elbow pain that you would have for a quarterback to me is a cause for concern for a 34-year-old quarterback who's known to throw the football hard.
1: Frank Isola, are you equally concerned as Sarah and Harry?
2: It's only August. But his age, number one, and last year he played seven, you know, the most games he's ever played, including playoffs, and he threw the most passes of his career. And anytime you hear elbow and shoulder related to a quarterback, it's just like it is with a pitcher. You better be concerned.
1: And now to Los Angeles, the man who never concerns on this year program, Bill Plashkin.
4: <laughs> Very concerned, extremely concerned. You have a quarterback who hasn't been through this before. You have a coach, McVay, who's never coached through this before. They're kind of they're kind of going on uncharted territories. He threw a ball 50 yards, looked great yesterday, but can he do that on a regular basis? Will he be allowed to do it on a regular basis? Your concern as well. He threw a ball
1: up? 50 yards. Doesn't that assuage your concern in some way, Blazkie?
4: No, because he has to do that with with somebody rushing him, getting hit, getting knocked around. No, it doesn't right Frank, you said I'm look at his concerned.
1: age. He's 34. Uh, the rating back-to-back MVP is older than that. The guy who is uh, the greatest of all time I'm is about playing talk in about from his 45. arm. In
2: terms of his arm, in terms of his elbow, he's at 22 with an elbow injury. He's 34.
1: Fire Cell 3 staying in Los Angeles. Is there concern over the latest on Clayton Kershaw? Man, when he was lifted, you could hear him say, it's my back, and that is... Frightening for the Dodgers because it's been five times in eight years. This would be the sixth if they do put him on the I.L. and all signs are pointing towards that. All this team does is win games, Bill. But all they do is lose starting pitchers. So where is the concern here? I told them, I told
4: them, I told them to get a starting pitcher at the trade deadline. They didn't listen to me. As they usually don't. It's a mistake. They they they're in they're in trouble. If Kershaw's out and it seems like he is, and this kind of back thing that comes around, he'll be out for at least a month. I'm guessing, and then slowly get back to the playoffs. But were they in trouble? They're when in, they they're missed in them
1: earlier this year. Were they in trouble when Bueller's missed all the time and May is missed all the time? They're still playing best in the it's record, in October, best league in the it, best
4: record it, in the league. They need baseball. to be back in October. It's all about October. If he's not ready in October,
1: they're in. Zarec Bean.
3: Yeah, Tony, I I get your point that thus far they've been been able to survive all that, but that's the issue is it's not just Kershaw. They have other arms that have been in and out of the lineup. They gave away Mitch White, who was a guy that could take some innings, and then they failed in their pursuit of Pablo Lopez. So to Bill's point, they didn't get that Mm. serve they were looking for. They actually gave away an arm. So if you've got all those injuries, plus Kershaw could be out, it's
0: serious. You know, Tony, it's interesting. We just talked about Matthew Stafford. We're talking about Clayton Kershaw. We know they went to the same high school. I'm starting to wonder if they had the same physical therapist during that time (laughs) in their lives. Uh, But jokes aside, I am worried about this because obviously the Dodgers did not do anything to get better pitching-wise at the deadline. And Dave Roberts said that they were going to do this compilation style. If it's like a record label album, I don't know that that's going to work. Frank Isola, you concerned?
2: He's been dealing with back issues since 2014. I feel badly for him. He's a classy pitcher, classy guy. But don't listen to Debbie Downer in LA. They're 12 and a half games up on the Padres, Bill. It's okay. He'll be back by October. It's the series this weekend, Bill. In LA, it matters October. October matters in LA. 12 and a
4: half games. October. You don't even know October, Frank. What's the last time you've been to October? Just for the record, you guys are both
1: Yankees. You're all concerned about everything now for Stafford, for Kershaw. Very, very concerned. Yes. Mm.
2: All coming up always for
1: Bill and L.A. Slashky, Spain. <laughs> Front row seats for a Lyle's Isola showdown in 4 minutes and 20 seconds.
6: Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue, and ready for the play. And... Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details.
1: Mark Davis eating wings in an all-white outfit. Maybe the most impressive thing we'll see all football preseason. Harry Lyles Jr., Frank Isola, welcome to Showdown. You're making the case for or against wings in all white,
0: Harry. All for it because the only other option is to not eat the wings. Go for it. Why not? Frank? Uh, Harry already uses
2: herbs and spices line. It should have been like his dad. We're the all black. We're the white on the field. We're all black in the press box, especially when you're Are you
1: guys down meals. with my theory, though? When you watch somebody eat wings, you can't turn away. You want to see, did they eat half the? <laughs> Most people leave too much meat on the bone when they're done. Frank Isola Depends. left no meat on the bone today. 30 seconds of FaceTime. <laughs>
2: all right all right the premier league started today and speaking about soccer in great britain everyone knows usa england the day after thanksgiving that's part of the men's world cup meanwhile seven weeks early on october 7th usa women versus the reigning euro champs england at wembley the game has already been sold out and somehow england is ranked fourth in the world yet the teams ahead of them Sweden and Germany, they beat. That's why only pay attention to television ratings. By the way, our ratings here are great. Don't ever pay attention to rankings. They don't mean anything. USA, October 7th against England. Huge match.
1: And that's it for us. We're on a huge summer break. We're back August 25th, with means... Carry the
6: floor. A little bit of math. A 479-and-a-half-hour break.